Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Caught Offside. With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside just outside of New York City and from our nation's capital. That's right. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? The rattle of that host ring through the through the halls of power in D.C. Yeah, sure did. did, it, did uh, I'm thinking of the Lincoln Memorial. And just a shudder goes through it. Yeah, his eyes bulged. His eyes bulged. Did the did the rip did the waters at the reflecting pool just shimmer slightly as Anna Capeta hit the butt of that post? Elisa near beaten all ends up as they say in the parlance. If you got up for that this morning, first of all, well done, mm-hmm. because. The the tenor of this team is we watch them, they win, we celebrate. Um, That was not the case this morning. That was as difficult a 90 minutes as the US women's national team ever have. And I have to say, I think Portugal had that ball gone in, had that goal eliminated the US, Portugal would have, at least on the night, deserved it. Yep. I don't think anybody could have complained. I mean, you could complain because you'd have been upset that your team lost and was out of the World Cup in shocking fashion. But I don't I don't think anybody could have looked at anyone else and said, how did that happen? We didn't deserve that. This was wrong. I don't think you could have said that. Uh, It was pretty stunning. It was, in your words, a troubling 90 minutes. And if this team is to to go on and 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 win the World Cup, which now kind of feels Un, not, is unlikely the right term? It doesn't. No, nothing. Feel... I was thinking about how to. I was thinking about that very thought. It? That very thought while I was watching the game, and what I kind of landed on, JJ, was this: nothing has happened so far in this tournament that would lead you to believe this team is going to win the World Cup. It doesn't mean they won't. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. they can't. But right. nothing that your eyes have seen them do so far would lead you to believe that they can. Now, other teams that are also considered to be great teams have had bumps in the road as well, but they've at least given you for the most part, one performance where you could say, okay, well, I see it, you know, like, you know, Germany had to slip up against Colombia, but they also had a a huge beatdown where they won a game six. Now, like, so you've, you've seen, like, you've at least seen some of these other teams have one of those performances. The U S have not against Vietnam. They did not. No one walked away from that game convinced of anything or happy about anything, even in a three nil win. Alex Morgan said after that game that they just weren't clicking. That has not changed through game one, two, or three of this tournament. They're still not. The problems that we thought we saw in the first game are still there in this one. They've only been exacerbated as the opposition has gotten a little bit better. Although I don't, I don't know that Portugal is supposed to be better than the Dutch, but Portugal. But so, so in that case, you could say the U.S. are actually regressing as this tournament's um, going. That, that's a great point. I, I do, I do feel it. Like, and we we have a lot of Portuguese American listeners. And I, I know the majority of them will be shouting for the US. They were born here, but they, they do keep an eye on all things Portuguese. I, I want, because 
you know, we're so US centric and, and heavy. And I like, I understand that. What other way are we going to be, especially with a raving patriot like you? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Um, what other way would we be? But I just want to say Portugal were magnificent tonight. Absolutely magnificent, especially the first hour, I would say. First half in particular, first 15 minutes. Uh, they faded like I thought they would. The US were more physical in the second half and, and kind of up the tempo a, a little bit where, where Portugal had been setting the tempo. Um, but they still carved out what was the best chance of the second half. They still carved out uh, moments where you thought this is going to, like the US are going out here. Um, and to watch them play, Andrew, is to watch a team that was supremely well drilled, excellently coached, and you'd be struggling to say that about the US women's national team. Now, going back to the last podcast, I defended uh, Vlatko Andonovsky, um, despite you and Caitlin Murray. and, and, and Let's and, be honest, everyone. Pretty much everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. Because I thought, okay, well, I, I see the kernel of what he's trying to do. He's trying to get rhythm with, with that front three. He, he felt as if the one change he made made enough to, 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 to stem the tide and turn the tide towards the US. Hey, that's okay. The stuff that happened tonight is harder to defend. Um, and it's not that I, I looked at the team. I saw Lynn Williams come in to the side. I saw a midfield of, of well, Andy Sullivan was captain and uh, Lindsay Horan, obviously. And then I saw Rose Lavelle start. It's not like I saw anything before kickoff because I didn't know that much about Portugal. That thought, oh, oh, we're in trouble here against this Portuguese team. Portugal were so superbly coached by NATO. Like just, and, and also with this lightness of touch, this was a guy that was playing with house money, uh, Francisco NATO. This is a guy who's been at the helm 10 years and has really kind of, like, he's brought them from number 40 to number 20, which is, I'm presuming, no no small, small feat whatsoever. But Andrew, they played with a confidence. They played with a style. They looked at the US. They, they knew where to where the weak points were. It wasn't just about, well, you know, Rose Lavelle looked short of 90 minutes or Alex Morgan didn't look particularly sharp. It was that we were tactically way behind them. And I would say as well, technically way behind them. There's a bigger conversation to be had about this thing we've talked about probably since 2015, about the gap, you know, diminishing between the US and the rest of the world. It's down to a nub, I would say. And I, and, and and I'll go on, we'll talk more about this, but I would say the difference is physicality. I would say the difference is maybe uh, conditioning, training, all those things, because technically... And cutting edge up front. I think we have more cutting edge up front. But technically and tactically, you could not look at the Portuguese team tonight or early this morning and say they were inferior to the U.S. in any department. No, not in this game. I mean, look, over the body of a tournament, we'll see. Like, ultimately, Portugal are out. <laughs> like, for yeah, how, which is crazy. For, for however bad we feel that the U.S. have been, it does... If, if I'm reaching for positives here, it does at least say something that we're all so down on this team and they're through to the group. They're, they're out. They're, they're out of the group stage and know, into the knockout dub, round of the tournament. Their, their W in this group was against the team you, that they should absolutely have hammered. And even that W felt a little bit of an asterisk. It was, I mean, they beat Vietnam. Yeah. One, the, one win in the group stage against Vietnam. But that was enough. I do sometimes like the, the arrogant American in me. Like, what did you call it? The raving patriot? Oh, um, yeah, you are. I mean, you are. Well, I mean, the, the, Andrew sat here right now. Um, just just he's wearing a denim shirt, you know, to denote denim, which is our na- our nation's uh, national cloth. Um, he, he's wearing a, a what is it? A 10 gallon hat or whatever, a 100 gallon hat. I don't know. He, he just looks very, very like a man who would sing from sea to shining sea. Um, all of those things are true. I, I I wear denim exclusively for those who aren't aware. But I was going to say the raving patriot in me. Look, I acknowledge also we've talked about this, um, that that the gap, the gap is closing between or has closed between the U.S. and, and the rest of the world. Like there's that's indisputable. Um, but like as that's been said more and more throughout this tournament, there is this st- there's still this small piece of me inside that that fights back and and like there's still this part of me that's still kind of like all of you saying that shut up until someone beats us 
Like everybody keeps saying I that. Know, and I know, but that's, that's the, being the a scoreboard warrior. We, we still have not lost a World Cup game since 2011 in the final. Like, uh, I, 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 you I, know, you're right. I know, I know. It's indisputable that the 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 world has gotten better. Like, if you're if you're fighting that notion, then you're blind. Like, you're, you're yeah. I don't know. I can't help you. But like for all of us raving patriots out there, there is still part of me that that just wants to shout that. That's just say, everyone keeps saying that. Then beat us. Then beat us. And for however close teams have gotten, now uh, Olympics aside, I'm talking World Cups now. Yeah. For however close teams have gotten, they haven't. So I need someone to do that, and then I will say, okay, I we seed the the this, this beautiful game to all of you. I just need to see us lose first. Yeah. I I understand what you're saying. It, it it it's it's rank scoreboard journalism of the worst kind, the absolute worst kind. Um and uh, but I I I I mean that is the raving patriot that is deep, not deep inside you, very close to the surface, uh, particularly this summer. Um, but this one has been pushed deeper because I I can see, like obviously I'm not blind, like I see that yes, the world has gotten better. But before you can fully eliminate the raving patriot in me, there's still somewhere in in my bones. A, a small being who's shouting that and it, and those words make its way out of my mouth eventually. Yeah. Um, th- speaking of raving Patriots, perfect segue Fox. I mean, they, they had the most unbelievable pre uh, post game. I, I give them credit. It, the post game analysis analysis, as we learned from Eamon Dumphy in, in Ireland in the nineties is supposed to be showbiz baby. And they, absolutely made it showbiz tonight although i i felt genuinely sorry for alexi who was alexi lalas who was trying desperately to draw specifics from carly lloyd yes he was so we should talk about what she said before we go into the way alexi reacted to the things that she said um so carly lloyd back when she retired from the u.s in 2021 made comments about the direction that this program was headed in and for her, it was not headed in the yeah. right direction. Uh, she believed that there was too much of an emphasis and a focus among players on this team of things going on off the field as opposed to on it. Now, you can glean from that whatever you want. I don't know if she yeah. ever really revealed what the specifics were, but you can take from that whether that's the the fight for equal pay, whether that's political waters that the team were delving more and more deeply into. Um, she made, she made um, slight allusions to brand building i think on one podcast okay yeah yeah there's individual brands but there was never any i i never i'm not disagreeing with her i will take what kim mccauley tweeted i kim said apparently lloyd knows the players knows the squad better than i do um but and her butt was that um you know you can be the most fierce uh compatriot uh competitor whatever you want you know um but it's still a case of, you know, going and, and, and executing and playing, you know, your style of play. There was soccer reasons, basically, that they didn't play well tonight. And that is, that's the way I feel too. And and like, I've been crying out for her to be specific. Tell me an incident. Like, say how Rose Lavelle, um, explain Rose Lavelle's first half through the prism of this distraction, that brand building, that that focus on the self, maybe focus on political issues have distracted them. Because I don't believe that to be true. Um, it, well, might it, be it, tr- can't, it may not necessarily be a blanket statement for every player. Um, but if but there she, are... But she got it wrong even though. Because, so, so the focus of the post game was they flashed to the field afterwards and they put together a little montage of the US in... Kind of celebratory mode or happy mode. Uh, Megan Rapino had her shin guards off and she was dancing. Okay. There was smiles. But prior to that, there was the huddle. So they huddled immediately after the game. And in the huddle, uh, the first person to speak, and you could clearly tell what she was saying, or at least part of what she was saying, was the veteran Kelly O'Hara, who, who only played a few minutes. And she said, this is over now. This is gone. We're, we forget this and we go on. We're going through. Right. But she was shouting it like, like as if that performance wasn't good enough, but we put it in the rear view mirror. Now, they, they tried to 
to um, suggest, is that a good look? Uh, Carly Lloyd didn't like the fact that the manager, Andonofsky, wasn't the first person to speak. Alexi thought it didn't matter so much. I would go with Alexi a little bit on that. You like players to take agency, to take ownership. And if you've got a multiple World Cup winner like you do in Kelly O'Hara, there's nothing wrong with her voice being heard. But Carly Lloyd then goes, and this is what's wrong with her, with or, or my issue with her, with her thread of thought of distraction is showing itself on the field. She goes, if you had... 11 Carly Lloyds out there. I'm paraphrasing. If you had a team of, Car- uh, excuse me, if you had a team of Kelly O'Hara's out there, you know, because that's the passion, that's the truth she brings, right? So, okay. Then it pans to Kelly O'Hara taking selfies with the fans and over with the fans too and signing stuff. So what is it here now? I don't believe that any of that stuff has made an impact. I think, I, I actually thought Megan Rapino, apart from a couple of good things, was, Desperate when she came on. Absolutely desperate. And self-indulgent in her play. I don't think that has anything to do with, with, um, with her political stances, with the things she does off the field. I, I really don't. I think it's, she's 38. And the pace of the game was different. And it didn't suit the kind of things she was doing in the game. Um, she was trying cross-field passes. That didn't, one pass for Morgan came off. That's true. And another slide rule pass for Morgan. So two passes came off. Everything else, remember that back heel in the 82nd minute was just complete indulgence. But like those, those things are footballing things. They've got nothing to do with anything else. Well, I don't know like, how, how the stuff that happens off the field manifests itself on the field. Like, you, hear, like you hear in sports all the time that, that, that quote, keep the main thing the main thing. Like true, that true, phrase true, true. exists for a reason. Like you, I heard in the during the NBA playoffs, I felt like I heard that quote a billion times from different players around the league. Yeah, like, yeah, but I'm I'm just not like I know they've all got endorsements. Carly had endorsements too. Like you know when she played, she had plenty of them. I don't, I I don't get what like you have to draw me a clear roadmap, and I need a clear example. And she's never given me that. Like where a player who's commercial, political, social. Uh, off the field activities impacted directly in a game. I, I have to see that kind of line. Um, otherwise, it's just generalisms because a lot of the players are young too, like Sophia Smith and um, maybe not Lynn, Will- Lynn Williams isn't young per se, but like she's not, I don't know if she's been infected by this celebrity that's come into the team since 2015, 2019. I don't know about that. What I can tell you, Andrew, is that the diamond that Portugal played in midfield with Silva, Norton, Nazare and Pinto ran the show. What I can tell you, Andrew, is that probably the 4-3-3 isn't going to work anymore for the US, that they're going to have to sacrifice an attacker to drop someone into midfield to get more numbers because they're getting overrun. That's, those are things I can tell you. What I can tell you is that they've got a goalkeeper who's coming for crosses <laughs> and completely flapping and giving us nightmares. What I can tell you is that a couple of times it was, uh, it was Garma at the back that saved the day. You know, by her pace, by her reading of the game. Um, what I can tell you is that Rose Lavelle is, n- like we can tell now, she's not got 90 minutes in her. She was better in the second half, but I thought she was completely overran in the first. What I can tell you is Crystal Dunn, as, an, as, a, as a, someone who's supposed to advance the ball in the full back position if the midfield's not functioning, is not going to work. How many, how many straight passes, how many times caught out of position? Like those are things I I can touch and feel. They're tangible football things. Yep. Well, all those things exist because Megan Rapino has blue hair. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, just, I don't know. I mean, I look, but... I don't like the pictures, though. I will say that. Allow me to be a PFM. I didn't love too much gurning and smiling and selfies and stuff like that after after a game like that. But. You you listen to um, Rapino and Morgan's post game. I mean, they played in a different game that than we watched. Alex Morgan was like, you know, it just couldn't take our chances. What 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 chances? Talk- well, look, I mean, they. I think, especially the leaders on this team, Rapino, like you said, Kelly O'Hara, uh, Alex Morgan, like these are the seasoned vets. Maybe they. I I do know in the beginning when the, when the whistle first blew and they panned to certain phases on the team, like there were some young players on that team that did not look happy that, that sort of were stone faced okay. knew that they, so I do wonder if there's a little bit of the leaders on this team, recognizing that there's a moment here where some of these young players need to be lifted up a little, that their performances are not what they want. 
on this stage yeah. that they haven't had much experience in and maybe they're getting down on themselves. And so, you know, Kelly O'Hara needs to tell them that we're good. Like we're past this. Don't worry about it. We're through to the next phase. Like, so maybe there's a little bit of overcompensating for some negativity in that room right now. And that's what you're that's seeing. Point. Um, however, you're, you're right. Like it, cause no American fan that watched that felt like the U S had won. Like in all draws, we always say there's a winner and a loser. It felt like tonight there were two losers. Now, ultimately, mm-hmm. tell that to tell that to a Portuguese fan. They would say, "No, no, no. You guys, for however you guys are feeling right now, you guys won because we're out of the tournament on a night where we felt like we should have been through." So the U.S. really they did win this draw, if you had to look at it that way. But I don't know any American fan that would feel that. So that kind of like the images that we saw afterwards were incongruous with how we were feeling. Yes. Um, but it doesn't mean that if you're a player on this team, you did it like you, you achieved your objective. They got out of the group. Like that's what the group stage is for. It's to get out of it. And and they they advanced. Um, so you know, maybe there was a moment of relief, and then that moment kind of turned into, okay, well, let's go celebrate with these fans who were here who are who are happy that we advanced too. I don't know. Maybe they didn't read the room as well as they should have. Um, maybe they don't care like that about how we feel about their wins or losses or draws. Yeah, just to because I I bungled Kim's tweet. She tweeted, Carly knows the players personally better than us. So I can't say she's wrong if she thinks they care more about their brands than winning. The most psycho competitor mentality isn't going to change the fact that they don't know how they want to progress the ball up the field. And that's it. Uh, There was a very clear idea, passing through the center, passing in triangles, uh, creating options um, that Portugal had and the U S did not have that clarity of thought. No, I think the thing for me that was just, that was just most jarring about this entire game. Obviously there were, you know, Portugal controlled the game for large spells of the 90 minutes. Um, The U S had moments here and there. They were, I mean, they weren't necessarily as abject as we're kind of feeling in this moment. They did have a couple chances. Alex Morgan had a chance where it was kind of better. Sure. However, what I can't escape is the feeling of like the last, you know, from like the 80th minute on in this game and seeing that eight minutes go up on the scoreboard for stoppage time and just being like, Oh God, no. Like I felt like the U S were the minnow desperately clinging to a point here and just praying that the clock would run out. Like it was, it just felt like such a role reversal from what the Americans in this, in the women's game usually are. Um, And like, just, praying that the that like rooting for the clock as much as I was rooting for anything else. I mean, think of the way the last 20 minutes of that game transpired. I felt like the U S had no opportunity in the attacking third. It felt like the, the entire game was being played in their end of the field. Every clearance that it wasn't necessarily a comprehensive pass to try to work their way out. No, it was just smashed back downfield. Just like, let's yeah. just like, let's not take any chances here. Let's just play it as safe as we can. And sure enough, Portugal, they did break the U S lines. They had that chance that we spoke about with the ball that was hit off the post. They had another Anna free Capetta, kick. Remember her name. I mean, it was, I was, I thought that was it. I think, you know, I think a lot of American fans saw this U S women's run through the world cup flash before their eyes. Like you talked about a few minutes after that in stoppage time, Alyssa Nair on a free kick coming wildly uh, for a free kick. That she's, but that she was she, a, she didn't need to B. if you're going to, okay, fine. But like, you can't, fall four feet short of it like it was not even close she couldn't get a fingertip to it and they were just fortunate that no one was there um there was another moment where portugal rounded they they kind of were near the end line put one on goal nair sort of knocked it towards the middle but it was again fortunate that it was just u.s players there that it kind of ping-ponged around and she was able to recover i mean there were there were a lot of seriously, like not necessarily some of these, I guess are half chances, but in those moments, it didn't feel like it. I mean, the one off the post is not a half chance. That was a, that was a golden opportunity for Portugal to steal this thing. And just the last 20 minutes of this game is just a side of the U S women's team that we have not seen in a really long time where they're just desperately clinging to something, praying for the clock to run out. That's all it was. We don't see that. There was one, there's one moment uh, where Sonnet who would come in, um, I think she was alongside uh, Julie Ertz and they almost crashed into each other for a ball coming through. And you just thought, this is just frantic stuff. Absolutely frantic stuff. Um, how often they were second to the ball in the first half was, was was quite concerning too. I mean, I actually thought the referee, um, uh, was her name Welsh, English ref, 
I thought she gave a lot. She was much more comfortable with the Portuguese physical aggression than she was with the US physical aggression. Now that's a, that's, that's by the by. That's not, that doesn't, that doesn't really tell you the whole story uh, of the game. I'm not saying the ref had anything to do with it, but I would say that it was, um, it was a game in which for like large parts until the second half where the US got more of a foothold and Portugal tired, where Portugal dominated them, um, like just in 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 like kind of every facet of the game. Now the thing about Portugal was the one brilliant move that they had, and this is what I feel about most teams that come up against the US in international play. Like the first that that brilliant chance where the pass through the middle, and then um, I think it was it was a Pinto spun around and played it in for Silva, and she just has a weak shot to to Nair's right. But that's the difference there. The U.S., if they're through on that, on a good day, are likely to, to hit the target at least and score. Um, and, the, and, and the opposition teams won't be able to do that. And in the second half, as the clock ticked away, as frantic and as it shows you how bad the U.S. were in that final 10 minutes, that I think, you know, the shots on, the shots on frame that, um, that the Portugal had, like two of them came in that period, um, it was really, you never felt Portugal were, like the second half, they didn't carve out one big opportunity until they did, which was um, in 90 plus one, the Capeta ch chance that hit the post. So like the US were, not only were Portugal very good, but the US were also in some way panicking and conspiring to allow chances that really Portugal weren't able to, to, to create. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that was a ball over the top. That should have been dealt with. It have been dealt with twice, and still it ends up at Capeta's foot. So we talked, I think, on the last podcast about this being a like a project in motion. I think the project has to be ripped up. I think it needs to be changed. Um, he's not getting the best best out of Sophia Smith. She's far too wide, and and tonight. It was a case where she beat the first defender, but they doubled up on her. Like Portugal were brilliant to get numbers behind the ball, Andrew. Like when they'd lose it, I think Ali Wagner was talking about they'd get five behind. Like they'd, they'd attack with five and they'd hold five back. So it limited their attack a little bit, but it also made them super resilient and compact when they when they lost the ball. And and Sophia Smith just had a night where, like if you, if you like read the, uh, NWSL analysts, they'll all say she plays much more central for her club. So she's finding herself wide. Can she beat the first player? Yeah, she's skillful enough. But then she invariably runs into the next player coming across. She's doubled up on. The US turned the ball over. Away it goes. Like, like Kim said, ball advancement. Crystal Dunn gets it and her first thing is to knock it into Sophia Smith, Smith's feet. I mean, we do have Horan. We do have Lavelle. Like what, what we would consider ball playing midfielders. It's got to be better. And tonight was the Portuguese that looked like they could put moves together, put passes together. And if Vlaco has learned anything, it's that the sacrifice to have an extra attacker, to have that front three, the juice ain't worth the squeeze anymore. And I think it's better to have an extra body in midfield to dominate that midfield or to, or to try and get a more of a foothold in that midfield than it is to have an extra attacker, in my opinion. And I'm not sure Alex Morgan is struggling right now. We see the big opportunity where she goes around the goalkeeper. I'm like she didn't slot it with any kind of confidence. The defender gets across. I know it's a tight angle, but Tough her, angle, and her... She's, her momentum is sort of taking her in a way that she's never going to get too much on that. Yeah, I still I still think she should have done better. And and this goal scorer of her repute should have done better. And then first half. There was a kind of a the US started okay. They had a flurry. Remember that when she stabbed past the post on the on the on one side and then had a similar chance on the other side. I don't think that's that it's necessarily working there. Maybe it's not she, just she her. also she's also missed a penalty in this tournament. Yeah, she has missed a penalty. Maybe it's the fact that she's playing with a you know, be it Lynn Williams or Trinity Rodman on one side and then Sophia Smith on the other side, and it's just it's just an awkward mix. And 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 maybe she's too isolated in the central position. I don't know. Um, actually, I do know. She probably is. Yeah, that's just troubling. And and now he, if he has to pivot, does he? What's his plan B? Like, what what does he go to? So and I'm I'm fascinated by that as to because what, it's complicated what gets now. Learned here. Yeah, Rose Lavelle's out for the next game. I know. 
I know. She comes right back in to to start a game, and now that's it. You said before, I don't know that Rose Lavelle can give this team 90 minutes right now. Well, now she's got a full game off to rest up. Um, yeah, that's – that's. Hopefully. I mean, it's – yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hugely damaging. You know, not that she was great in this game, but in her cameo appearances, or more than that, she gave him 45 minutes in the previous two. Um, you know, she she looks like maybe their best player. Now that's that's been sucked right out of this team going into a, a quarterfinal or a round of 16. So yeah, it's all, it's all confusing. And, and you, you wonder what sort of adjustments they will make, because I don't know that it can just be like the team talk can't necessarily, it, it can't just be, okay, we got through this. We forget about it. Now we keep going. Like, no, there, there have to be real adjustments made because if you were hoping to know what your 90 were or what your 11 were after these three games, I don't know that you do. If you were hoping that, okay, we'll grow into this tournament, like we talked about after the first or second game, that, you know, sometimes that happens. That has not, there's no sign of that right now. No. Now, the, now, the one thing I can point to, I, I think, I'm trying to remember, I feel like this was brought up on Fox as well. But, you know, if you go back and look at the 2015 group stage for the U.S. women, it was also not a thing of beauty. Um, you know, they beat Australia 3-1 in the first game, which was, which was a good showing. But then from there, just uh, what was a, a nil nil against Sweden and then a yeah. one nil narrow defeat against Nigeria. Um, you know, so I, I do remember then that people were not coming out of that group stage entirely convinced that this U S team was the dominant force that we were hoping they would be. Um, and then they turned it on. Does this team have the ability to do that? Like I said, nothing that your eyes have showed you so far would lead you to believe that they can, but, there's a pedigree here. There's an experience here. And maybe they will once again prove to us that that they know what they're doing in a way that that we weren't aware of. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's 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 just not clear at this moment. And it only gets harder from here, Andrew. Or yeah. it should get harder. Well, I don't here. know. I mean, look, the Dutch look pretty good. Maybe, maybe we'll look back on that performance against them and say, you know what, we actually did pretty good in that game. <laughs> that Dutch team was all right. Um, as props to the Netherlands, who with their 7-0 victory go on and won this group. Um, which, by the way, I should say, um, you know, there were a lot of reasons that I wanted the U.S. to win the group, primarily just because I I thought that that may have carved a, a easier path for them to a final. Uh, but even more so, J.J., um, boy, these, these 3 a.m. starts are are really rough. And now, by by virtue of finishing runner-up in the group, I forget the exact times, but I know that those 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time starts will not be afforded to them. They're going to have gone. To, We've got more. I mean, hopefully we have more of these. We, we know we're assured of at least one more of these. And, you know, there's part of you that, like, you think, oh, 3 a.m., what a, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a bonding experience. You're texting with your buddies at 3 a.m. I can tell you now, I don't know how many of you out there agree, um, it was not fun. It was not fun hearing my alarm go off at that time. No. Um, and and uh, also, too, I should say, I'm so I'm in a – I said I'm in our nation's capital. I'm in Washington, D.C. this week on a work assignment. I'm working for – Yeah, here. the work assignment is you're, you're standing uh, in front of a House subcommittee on terrible punditry on football. Uh, you've been called in front of it. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm the defendant actually. They've put me on trial. It's it's really rough to hear some of the testimony. Um, no, but I'm in Washington D.C. and like I, I won't say the hotel that I'm in, but when I checked in yesterday, um, one of the, they go through all the good things that this hotel has to offer. We have this bar, we have this restaurant, whatever. Oh, by the way, our TVs are not working. And, and instinctively, I said, I'm sorry, excuse me. She said, yes, if you turn your TV on and it's not working, just know it's not just your room. It's the whole building. We're working with the company. And so right away, I wanted to say, this is highly unacceptable. But then I, I quickly kind of snapped back into 2023. And I was like, oh, well, that's OK. Everything that I really would want to watch tonight, I can just watch on my phone or my computer. So, like, it's not a big deal. Um, so then my alarm goes off to watch the U S at 3 AM and I go to Fox their app. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was just me. I don't know who it was. I did check Twitter or X or whatever the F it's called now um, to see if other people were reacting. And there were others having this issue, but their stream was down for me for the first 10 minutes of that game. So now it's 3 AM and I'm, you know, 
anxious about the U.S. performance, and I'm losing my mind over the inability to watch them. Finally, after about 10 or 11 minutes, the stream started. But all of it is to say, not ideal. Just not ideal, these 3 a.m. games. And I wish they had won the group so we didn't have to worry about it. And you wanted to initially record this podcast right after the game had ended. And yeah, I, I felt as if I was high on the energy of righteous indignation against the performance. And I wanted to just get after it and 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 imbued with the energy of 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 just the energy of life that I get from Carly Lloyd. No, she, she seems to be really in her sweet spot complaining. Um, and I wanted to harness that complaining energy. And, I think this t- podcast would have been much worse had we done it at 5 a.m. Partially because I, I could barely keep my eyes open and partially because I can't. Whether it's true or not, whether the walls are thick or not, when I'm in a hotel room and it's 5 a.m., I can't bring myself to speak the way I would normally speak. I would I would have done this entire podcast whispering and it would have sounded weird. And maybe that's in my own head. I don't know. I think it is. I think wall is thicker than you think. I can't in a hotel room at 5 a.m. I can't speak loudly. I just feel like that's that's a that's the wrong thing to do. So if you go on a romantic weekend away with the, with Mrs. Gundling, yeah. you say it's going to be a great weekend, but there'll be no shenanigans here because people need their eight hours. From two to eight, nothing above a whisper. <laughs> I thought you were going to say nothing above the waist <laughs> or below the waist. Okay, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I maybe that's old school, old fashioned. Maybe I'm I'm over the top in my like non confrontational nature. I don't know. Um, but I just saw Brian Windhorst get in trouble for it during the was it during the NBA playoffs or before the draft? I forget. I forget when it was exactly. But he was doing something from a hotel room and he started whispering all this. And they were like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah." The, they were the person next to him was banging on the wall, telling oh, no, him to shut bang- up. They were banging on the wall because they disagreed with Windhorse analysis. Oh, okay. That was that's what it was. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I don't think I'm I don't think at five a.m. you can be shouting and yelling and saying, "Oh yeah," to start a podcast. I don't think you can do that. I think it's I'd wrong. love if someone just punched through the drywall now, stuck their head in, and said, "Harry Lloyd's right. They've lost all focus." Yeah. yeah so um, we have a treat though. We have a treat coming up for for uh, for everybody. Uh, so we've obviously this podcast. You're going to listen to it. You're going to comment on it. You're going to, the animals are going to go crazy at CO Soccer Pod on X, which sounds like CO Soccer Pod is on ecstasy. At CO Soccer Pod on Twitter. Let's stop with the X nonsense. We know what it is. Although I'm, I, I'm, I'm searching on my phone for it now. Like it's much harder. I used to just go straight to the, to the, the blue icon with the bird, but whatever. Um, at CO Soccer Pod, caught offside pod at gmail.com, caught offside pod on Instagram, the whole thing. Um, but what you're going to comment on that. Um, we've got a treat, Andrew. I sat down with a hero of mine or a, my boyhood, an actual boyhood hero. Because when I was a boy, he was two Your years hero. older than me. So we were both boys. Um, but the boy was my hero. It was um, Michael Owen. This is so good. It, this is so good. I'm so I mean, excited about this. Yeah. I, I sent the chat to you already. I... It was just like we were just chatting. It was amazing. He was for over for the Premier League Summer Series promoting that. And um, we sat on a couch in the green room in the... He was visiting the Empire State Building, which was pretty cool too, because we got up into the spike part, which is only open since 2019. And with the pandemic, a lot of people haven't been up there, but the spike has a viewing deck. And we went up there and it was pretty special. Um and so uh, after that, I interviewed him and we, we talked about everything from his thoughts about the transfer window, his thoughts about the coming season, his own career, England, uh, injuries. It was, it was truly amazing. And he is a much more engaging person in person and in that format, I would say. So we talked for about 15 minutes, which was absolutely lovely. And I could have gone on much longer and I think he wouldn't have stopped me. I, I listened to it already. It was such an enjoyable listen. My only critique of it is that it wasn't longer. Honestly, I wish it was twice as long. And so I, I'm. we'll have another podcast later this week where we'll really dive deeper into uh, transfer rumors, everything happening um, in, in club football. And we'll, yeah. give you, we'll give you that interview as well. And I, you're going to enjoy it. It was just, it's a really enjoyable listen. I, the way I treated former Bayern Munich, Manchester United, European Cup winning midfielder Owen Hargraves, Hargreaves. <laughs> the insults continue. 
the way I treated him and the way everyone treated Owen Hargreaves uh, is problematic. If there was a man who embodied the invisible man uh, on Friday, it was it was Owen Hargreaves. And his career, I know the injuries at the end of it and everything, but his career deserved much more than that. And um, it was almost like he was sitting in on our interview listening, as opposed to me actively getting him involved. You referenced but him it, a couple times. Yeah, he was the in the room. Yeah, I know. And at yeah. one point, he snuck out quietly. Oh. What a sweet man. And closed the door quietly so we could continue. But there was just... There were so many people who were, who's that standing beside Michael Owen? Like, and I'm like, it's Owen Hargreaves. And you ignored him. I didn't. I shook his hand. Like he was a a mannequin. I conducted an interview in in his face. Well, I'll say the the last tease on this, Michael Owen, there's something I'm, I'm so excited to talk about off the back of that interview where he discusses his England versus the England today. That's and a fun I, conversation. And I thought it was really interesting. So that's going to be coming later this week. So keep on the lookout for that. You guys are going to love that. Um, we'll get into much more of the transfer stuff. There's the Harry Kane stuff. There's not much to say about it right now. Initially, Bayern Munich, um, we're going to go to Tottenham last Friday to negotiate the transfer. That was canceled. They rescheduled for early this week. So they were there yesterday and today trying to negotiate. Uh, I've seen the bid up to now $95 million, I think, is is the Ooh. latest figure that I saw. And Daniel Levy's holding out for 120 You get the sense that when if Bayern gets a 120 it will then be 140 Like It feels like that's how this works, where... I don't know. I wonder if Daniel Levy just reflects so many of us within Tottenham. Like for me, this this transfer is starting to feel more real, maybe even than the Manchester City one when when Kane was pushing for that one. I feel like this Bayern one is I feel like it's going to happen, but it's it's a weird thing. I still can't like even though I know if Tottenham can get 120 million for a 30 year old Harry Kane might be in their best interest. Like I've kind of made peace with that, but I still like getting my mouth to say, okay, he's gone. He belongs to Bayern now. Like I can't, it's, it's a hard thing. It's still a hard place for me to get to. Even if I know that it's probably for, for the best of everyone, Kane, Tottenham, everything. I, it's, I just don't want it. I can't help it. I don't want it to happen. And I feel like Daniel Levy is almost a reflection of the fans where he just, he can't be, he doesn't want to be the chairman who, who transferred away Tottenham's greatest player of the last 50 years or whatever it is. Like he just what? can't, he can't get to that place. So we'll I'm see so, how that I, transpires by later this week when we do our next pod, maybe we'll have a better sense of that. Um, so, so great stuff coming up for you. It's, it's a, I mean, what we do, we're just amazing. And, and there's one other thing. Um, the Rasmus Hoyland transfer to Manchester United. Um, I find really interesting as well. Um, I do too, because if you watch the YouTube highlight reel, you're like, yes. If you talk to the stats guys, they're like, no. It's too much money for a guy who's not elite, an elite shot creator, according right. to them. It almost feels a little bit like some of the reactions after the Michaelo Mudrick transfer. Oh, no. Well, I'm not yeah, saying that's it, what it's going to be, but I'm saying the way that it's it described. Does, like, it, if you watch the highlights and, and you know, and certain certain viewpoints on the player, you think, oh, this is this is it. This guy's the one. But then you're right. The stats guys didn't view Mudrick favorably. It didn't pan out, at least not yet. He's still young. So we'll see. I mean, geez, JJ, there were some people comparing Hoyland as like the next Holland. Oh, yeah. People need to relax with that. So, yeah. I mean, like, let's not pretend there's a hundred Hollands out there ready to be picked up. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's there's one last thing I wanted to close on. Um I, I couldn't. I almost texted you this the other day, but I thought, you know oh, what? Let me let me save it for the pod to get his genuine reaction. JJ, we are in a we are in a whole new world. We're in a whole new world in this sport, and we maybe we need to start wrapping our minds around it. So, Jack had a play date with a friend of his uh, on Sunday. Okay, and this kid is a big soccer fan. Nice. They were at a birthday party on the day before on Saturday. He had a messy jersey. Um, okay. His dad was telling me the week before they went to, I think it was United Arsenal at MetLife Stadium. Um, okay, so they're rich. Okay. No, no, they, well, I don't know if going to an exhibition game signifies that, but also if you must know, they were, they were gifted the tickets, but okay. so, so now I don't know how I that, needed to know that. I mean, the fact that that was even something that you would go to is troubling. <laughs> um, but at any rate, none of that matters. 
all I'm trying to say is this kid, he's in going into second grade is a really big soccer fan. And so when he came over on Sunday, if, if you saw NBC was showing Chelsea and Fulham. And so, right. uh, so I just had that on TV. I was watching it when he walked in and right away he said, Oh, Chelsea's playing. I said, yeah, oh, cool. Like you, you're into this. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, but my brother said they were terrible last season. I said, yeah, that's true. They had a really bad year. So I asked him, I said, who's your favorite team? You know what he said, JJ? Oh. Al Nasser. Shut up. Al Nasser. I Ugh. said, I said, I'm sorry, what? He said, Well, that yeah, that's where Ronaldo plays. Al Nasser. That's my favorite team. I are said, your are your are your friends uh, and neighbors the Bin Salmans? I couldn't believe it. He had he almost had to lift my jaw off the floor. Was he serious or was it just because deadly serious? He doesn't oh. because a kid, and I started to think about it afterwards, like they don't the politics, like the tradition of the Premier League versus this newfound money. Does any of that matter to a first grader? No, probably no, not. Not any of it. And that's when it all hit me that like this is what it's for. This it's not yes. it's not for us. Like, yeah, they'll no. maybe they'll get some people our age or older who are just kind of curious or whatever. It's not for us. It's the long game. It's the next generation that doesn't know any of this. All they know is that, oh, Ronaldo plays there now. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. like Sadio Mane plays there now. Oh, cool. Like that generation and doesn't know anything about And here's the PGA about... Tour from Jeddah. They, they don't know anything about sports washing or, mm. you know, or like. But this or... is what it is, though. Right. And so, like, that's when it hit me. I, uh, this is this is it. Like, I'm I'm like right here in my home. This is like I'm witnessing the 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 birth of of how this happens. Um, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's of am- all the of all the things that amazing. I thought of all the things that I thought was going to come out of his mouth, I'd never dawned on me that I was going to get Al Nasser. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm go. not. Uh, the podcast will fold before we cover that. <laughs> well, Fabinho just left Liverpool. To he join did. Up with them. And, I mean, Liverpool are just the Liverpool content department. Their media is just constant sad piano videos with uh, highlights montages. And don't talk about where these players are actually going. Uh, and we haven't even talked about the video that um, uh, Al Itifak uh, dropped for Jordan Henderson signing, uh, oh. uh, where they did they did a nice job of uh, getting rid of the rainbow armband that he's been wearing for the past how many years? Yeah, that was that was a bit on the nose, I would say. Yeah, and just really uncomfortable and kind of sad, really sad. Yep. Very sad. Um, now, some people are saying, hang on, you might take all that those earnings he makes and give them to LGBTQ plus charities. This, if he, is, if he does end up doing that, it would be an amazing and courageous and extremely obtuse way to support the community. <laughs> I don't see that happening. He, no, he, no, no. There's, Simon Hughes is I mean, maybe actor. some of that money, but like, I don't know, like, he went there. He signed there for the money. He didn't sign yeah. there. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't the know. lack of dignity in that whole move as well. We haven't really got into it yet, but we will. Um, I asked Mike Lone about it as well. I, I didn't. I didn't ask him about the the LGBTQ plus angle of that, but I um I asked him about the about that move as well because it feels like Henderson is torpedoing not just his Liverpool career his top level career but his England career too because I don't think Gareth Southgate's going to pick him and uh, that's no more England squads for for Hendo but anyway that's yeah. more that's more more stuff for the next pod yep uh by the way England just defeated China 6-1 Lauren James mm-hmm. what a tournament she's having two more goals for her uh, boy what a what an absolute uh, another superstar developing in England and I mean I know we I know we've uh, bitched and moaned about times and stuff but like there was some fantastic stuff like the Japan Japanese deconstruction of Spain yesterday was was thrilling. Um, Ireland was thrilling for a different reason. It was a nil nil draw with Nigeria. First points. Very good. But it was thrilling from the sense that, of course, an Ireland team at the World Cup has to have some argument between captain and manager. We'll get we, we can get into that a little <laughs> bit later. Vera Powell and Katie McCabe. Um, very open dispute spat, I would say. And um, and then there was the Columbia win over Germany, which was thrilling on Sunday too. So like, there's been there has been great football. There has been good stuff. 
Um, it's just not always been terribly accessible for us here on the us coastal elites, Andrew. Of course. Uh, so there you go. That is that is caught offside on this early early edition on a Tuesday. Like we said, we'll be back later this week with a, a little bit more of some other things happening around the globe, and of course that Michael Owen interview as well. JJ, got anything else? No, no, I don't, Andrew. Well, that's it then. To you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care, bro. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.